Welcome to the Bev Boys Basketball Broadcast, where we talk Bevs, basketball, and anything else, really. We are three guys. Why don't you all introduce yourselves? Hey, it's me, Alvin, out here. You know. Where are you exactly? Here. Thank you. Oh, I thought you were in Jerry's apartment. So. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was had me say, fooled. I yeah, I'm in... You're you're much closer to Jerry's apartment than I am. I'm just <laughs> what the hell, man? Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. Oh, and I'm Tyler. Hey guys. Hey, uh, yeah. Hey. Hey. Just to clarify, you know. All right. Now that y'all know who we are, let's get started real quick with the Bevs. What y'all got today? All right, I'm Juice. So this isn't Juice. I don't know if y'all know about. Yeah, put in front of me. There Alpico it is. lychee. Y'all know about this? Uh-uh. I was drinking this a lot when I was a kid, but I saw it at my local Asian store not or earlier today, and I was just like, dude, I haven't had this in a while. So you gotta like lychee. Um, but it's sweet and it's fruity, but it's not so sweet that it feels like I don't know. Like it feels disingenuous. That feels fake. It just tastes like lychee. Lychee is great. Yeah. Bet. Which it might just be a nut. I don't know. I don't know what lychee is. I'm, I think it is. I'm a look at Tyler. You. Yeah. Um, I know that's 82% water and 17% carb carbohydrate. Not bad. Nice. Uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, dude, I can't understand. Latin at all, but hey, you speak uh, Tyler, you go. Yeah, what you got, Tyler? All right, so uh, today we're going straight utility for my drink. As I mentioned before, I just ate a shit ton of Chinese food, and your boy was struggling a little bit. <laughs> so we're just going Red Bull. That's just plain and Classic. simple. I, mean, <laughs> I was like half asleep before this, so uh, here we are. That'll get you there. How big is that can? It's just a small one, 250 milliliters. Uh, what? Yeah, I was wondering what that was in America units and freedom units. In America? I've seen a lot of people complaining on Twitter, specifically uh, a guy, one person I won't name, um, but he um, is an anti-vaxxer, among other things. Anyways... He complains a lot about not finding like 12 ounce cans of Red Bull because they used to have it. I don't know if you have any input on on the on the debate there, but I mean, I feel like 8.4 ounces is plenty. 8.4 is definitely plenty. I used to go, I used to drink the big ones, the 12 ounces, and it's just too much. Like my hands would be like shaking because of all the caffeine and all the sugar. I mean, it's it's just too much. 8.4 is fine. He needs to chill. Yeah, no, that's that's a good take. Um, I would posit my my take here is that uh, sugar-free Red Bull is the only Red Bull to go for. In I, I feel that so either far. blueberry, if you're like really yeah. wanting to go in, but like a sugar-free yeah. is good utility for me. I don't feel so gross, but it still gets me where I need to go. It just tastes gross, though. 
I've tried it and it's just not good. They, they all taste gross, dude. Every energy <laughs> drink I've ever had tastes bad. False. That's not. And I that's just not immediately, I immediately Boy. think of ASAP Ferg every time I hear the word sugar-free Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the two model bitches with me sipping on a sugar-free Red Bull. It's like <laughs> immediately what my mind goes to. But hey, I think it gets the job done. Oh yeah, it does. yeah. I'm I'm about the hype. So, anyways, mm-hmm. Nick, what you got? So I have been just like running around all day. Like I, I had to take my car to the shop and go get it. And then I had to drive out to Elk Grove and I've been all over the place today. So I didn't really have time to get anything. So I was like, shit, what do I got? And so I look in my fridge and I was like, you know what, this'll do. And uh, so, you know, obviously we're in winter time, it's getting cold. And maybe you're like, man, I could really go for a nice summer vibe right now. Wish I was on the beach right now. Never a bad time to just punch. crack open a cold one with the boys <laughs> and just man. Ooh, right there. Oh boy. Crack it open for the camera, my guy. That's nice. Can I go to <sighs> so um, we'll see. I haven't really eaten hardly anything today. Oh, shit. So we'll see how this goes, but I'll, I'll be okay. We'll be good. That's a good little <laughs> We can set a precedent for being a little, little litty. You know? Just adds a little, little something, something to the, to the whole podcast. So we're good. But yeah, I'll be, yeah. I'll be sipping on a little something, something today. And enjoy I'm it. glad that our MC is the wild card of the night. That's great. <laughs> see how this <laughs> oh, that's delicious. Oh, yeah. IPA. Shout out Petaluma, California, Northern California. Let's go. That's right. That's yeah. right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Now we got the Bevs all sorted out. It's time to talk basketball. Mm-hmm. Alvin, I believe you had a hot take specifically about the Rockets. We're going to be talking about the Rockets quite a bit today yeah. Yeah. Um, to start it off. We'll get to James Harden in a second, but Alvin, I believe you had a hot take about the owner <laughs> of the and- Rockets. This wasn't even like my hot take for the night necessarily, but this is something I've been thinking about a lot. And I don't know if it's so like scorching anymore as it used to be, but, you know, seeing all the antics of uh, Tillman Fertitta and seeing his like connections to casinos and seeing that he's like cash trapped and all these things. I'm just thinking that Tillman Fertitta is Maloof 2.0. And I feel so bad for Rockets fans right now. Yeah, coming from a, like a long, a, like a lifelong Kings fan, that is not what you want. Oh. Yeah. So, all right, let's talk about it. We've got a tax bracket mandate. They have to be under that tax bracket for the foreseeable future. They also have a lot of family involved. Like, there's this article or like last year about how his 25-year-old son is like one of the main guys running everything. You know what? That's fine to be in your mid-20s. We're like in our mid-20s. But if you're like trying to use him to be like, oh, yeah, he's young and he gets it. He went to USC. He's going to help us bring in young talent. Fuck that noise, dude. That's ridiculous. Like, (laughs) no chance. Further, Mike Tony didn't want to be there. Had was going maybe he did with Steve Nash. Daryl Morey wanted out of there. He signed an extension. 
Tillman for Tito was like, okay, good faith. I'm gonna let you go be with your family. That's what you're saying. And then two weeks later, he leaves to be part of the Sixers. Oh. Last one, last one, last one. James Harden turned down a two-year, $103 million like extension because he didn't want to be there. And it's reported that he said that the uh, Rockets are the Knicks of the West. Oh, I love it. I thought that, I really? I thought that was the yeah. king. I mean, oh, that, that makes oh, me man. feel a hell of a lot better. Like, all right, cool. <laughs> like, I could have sworn we were, the, <laughs> we were the Knicks of the West, but I'll take it. No. No, we're definitely not that, the Knicks of us. How bad has it got to be for a guy like Jake, or for anyone to say no to an extra $100 million over two years? Like, that's bad. Well, I mean, like, yeah. you know to that to play basketball. I mean, you, th- I mean, this that would be Ooh. something for most people. I mean, James Harden is like the top, like upper echelon of like basketball players who have all kinds of sponsorships and different things going. They have, they, he got plenty of money. Like, the money is not really the issue for him. Yeah, like, he wants fair. to win a championship. So, I can understand that for him. Most players, I'd be like, okay, something, something's not right there. But for James Harden, I'm like, okay, like, I can understand that. He's, he's over it. He's ready to yeah. get that chip. After a certain point, you're just rich, right? Like, yeah, whatever. There's only so much whatever. money you can spend at one time. Well, apparently, you can spend what was it, 300k on oh a little God. baby on his for that, like, yeah. on some ice. Yeah, on some ice. You hear about that, Tyler? <clears throat> what I think I heard something, but I don't remember exactly. Yes. What let's uh let's get into that because james harden was uh was on one this last weekend he was he was making a statement in my opinion like so basically we've got training camp starting this week yep and james harden already like we know he's he's trying to get traded and go to a different team and all this kind of stuff but it's like okay normally like in the nba it's like you're still going to report to training camp even if you're dealing with that kind of stuff if you told them apparently Yeah, like he told him apparently, like, yeah, I'll be there. I'll, I'll, I'll be there. No worries. And then he's posting pictures on Instagram the weekend beforehand. First, he's in Atlanta at Lil Baby's birthday party yeah. at a club. Yeah, yeah. He drops 300K on like, what was it? Was it? Was like, it was like an exchange or something like that. Apparently, it was his birthday. Yeah. But apparently, this is this exchange that people do all the time that, that the wealthy elites do. Yeah. I, that's I like right. to tell people I'm part of that, but and that no one gets it. But <laughs> one, be part of the bourgeoisie. Don't worry, Alvin. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know if I ever want it. I. That's a entirely different broadcast. I track podcast. there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's our political. Anyways, podcast. yeah, 300k for some ice on a little baby, and then not only did he leave Atlanta. You know, he kind of flew across the country and went to like Vegas after to a strip club. Make it rain, like yeah, making it rain at a strip club, and no mask. That's the big thing. There was no masks worn. All the pictures, nobody's wearing a mask. They're indoors. They're at these clubs, and like he's making a big statement, like I'm cool. I don't need to go to training camp. I'm gonna go live it up. And my initial thought was like, the NBA is not gonna be happy about this. Like, I get you're going to give privilege to the big name players, but like the NBA went through all this trouble and like all this work to get the bubble to make sure that all worked and like keep their name good and also to like make money. And then like you have one of your biggest players doing all this shit. It's like, 
NBA can't be happy about that. And I'm curious if they talk to him and be like, hey, man, you need to relax. Relax a little less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm relaxed right now. <laughs> I'm surprised that nothing's come out from like the NBA yet. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, mean, I guess too, the question. Mind, right. I mean, something. Well, I don't. I don't know that the Rockets do that. There's some politics behind that, right? Like, if they find James Harden, right? Like, how does that change how other superstars who might be able to go to the Rockets in the future, does that change how they see the Rockets and how they treat the Rockets and how the Rockets are able to even attract non-superstar players? Like, it could. I, I think the biggest issue is that this hurts the Rockets as far as trading James Harden. Yeah, because other other teams are going to be looking at that like, okay, well, we can lowball these guys because and use this as an excuse and say, well, I don't know, James Harden's been acting a fool. Like, I don't know if we should give you all these assets to get him. And I think that could really hurt their chances of like actually getting a good trade for him. Yeah, I wonder a little bit how much that affects it like it's clear that james harden's a gamer right like he plays his games he's durable he brings it he's carried the rockets offensively for seasons putting up like historic numbers i think it's clear that like he's willing to put in the work but i think it's just like it's a whole other debate about player empowerment i think yeah like at what point is that like okay and um like where does that stop and who as fans who do we side with you know like do we or even do we have to side with any of these like do we have to have sympathy for these people basically i think bottom line is he's just not showing up for work he's getting paid a ton of money to not go do his job and that's just not okay like that's where i draw the line it's like dude you're making 40 million a year just go to training camp can you just like not be like this and make it so flagrant, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, I was. I was listening to the Ringer earlier this week, and they were talking about that, and they were like, "I like in in the NFL, you see stuff like this all the time, where players hold out when they're doing contracts and they don't show up and whatever. Like that's a pretty normal thing. But like in the NBA, like you don't do that. Like Anthony Davis, when he was going through that whole thing with the Pelicans and the trade to the Lakers, like he still showed up for training camp. And like other players going through similar things, like they still show up for training camp, even if they're dealing with outside kind of negotiations and stuff like that. Like you don't skip training camp. And it's like, it's, it's one thing if you skip to make a statement and it's a whole other thing to go to a strip club, go to a birthday, big ass birthday party, not wearing any masks, posting a bunch of pictures without any masks during like a big pandemic. Like that's just like, that's not, that's just like, come on, man. Like, (laughs) Yeah, he was just showing up two hours early to practice, encouraging his guys, being a good teammate. I know he got traded; he's happy, but still, people think he's like a bad yeah. guy. Like he's still doing his job, encouraging. Yeah, guys. and I think I'm not sure if this necessarily hurts his trade value, but it does hurt his value in general. That like, if he's willing to act up like this, like, what kind of example does he set to other? teammates for that type of thing is he the kind of person who is like top tier he's undoubtedly a top tier player like top five top six player but is he going to be the culture setter and like the 
person that's going to push a team forward to go all the way. And I'm, I don't know, like I'm not in, I'm not in those camps and everything. Like I can't say, but it does like, it is a stark contrast compared to like a lot of other players out there, like a Chris Paul or a, that's, that's someone I think of as like a culture setter, right? Even if he's grading, like, yeah, but. I feel like that has been. Been up to training camp when he was old still. And he was like, get me out of here. But he was still, he still went to camp. He kind of made a shit show about it, but he was still, he was still there at least. You said Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler with the Wolves. Yeah, classic. <laughs> he made a, he went to training camp and made a statement. That's cool. Like, that's dope. Like, that's how you do it. You go round yeah. up all the third stringers and whoop all yeah. of the first string guys' asses and talk mad shit. Like, that's yeah. how you make a statement. <laughs> yeah, that's what Kobe would have That's what all the big stars would have done. This yeah. just seems childish to me. And I'm sure that, like, James, Jimmy Butler, he probably thought, like, okay, when I do this, it's going to get out and everyone's going to know about it. But he wasn't doing it on the public stage, right? Like, for everyone to see. Like, he was doing it to be, like, team, this is your problem, not everyone else's problem. Yeah. I'm not going to loop everyone else in this. But... I've always kind of felt like James Harden just doesn't have, he just doesn't seem to have that kind of extra edge that I feel like guys like a Jimmy Butler do like to kind of take it up that extra notch to kind of get you over that hump to kind of turn it on at the moment you need to, like he has clutch plays and stuff, but like, he doesn't have that. Like, I guess like as cliche, like that killer instinct as cliche as that sounds like, I just don't see that so much with him. I think he, he, there's like a level of like entitlement that I kind of see with him just with all the, like, I've never seen anybody who draws more fouls, who cries about fouls, who literally has designed their whole game around getting fouls. And then I see shit like this outside where he's, you know, posting all these pictures and doing all this kind of stuff. And it's, and then the fact that like he's worked, he's demanded and gotten all these different stars to come play with him. And then immediately is like, Ooh, I don't like this. Give me someone else. Like I just kind of get that vibe with him. That it's it's there's like a lack of taking responsibility for it and then just kind of this entitlement. That's just kind of the vibe I get from him. And that's why I've never been a big Harden fan. He's horrible to watch. Oh, yeah. Nobody nobody likes watching. <laughs> you you guys ever watched like his first season when he was traded to the Rockets? He was completely different. Dope. Totally different. It's dope. He's an awesome player. I loved watching that and you know what i don't think that's necessarily like his fault like i think he certainly like tailored his game to like take advantage of iso situations and the rules in the nba which like go him like i feel like we should celebrate that but the same like at the same time that team went all the way in on that i blame like, d'antoni for for the way he is now sure. absolutely yeah 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 that's fair I, i'll take i'll take that um Here's here was my favorite part about the James Harden pairing was that trading Russell Westbrook could have meant that John Wall and Russell and James Harden would have been like the best stimulus that the Houston area would have seen in decades. They club like no one else, bro. <laughs> like that would have been so fun. And you put them together with Boogie. Too. That's that's a fun like trio. To Oh, that's, that, so would that would have been super fun. Yeah, that would have been super fun. You know, if, if I mean, wanted as Kings fans to see Boogie and John Wall together. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have. Um, yeah. I saw there was like a commercial that popped up on Instagram or something like that today. And it's like Kevin Hart's little like show that he does his where they like take ice baths and like he interviews people <laughs> and he, he, he has them with DeMarcus cousins coming up. And Ooh. so like, I see him dude. DeMarcus cousins looks like tone. Like he look, he's skinny, dude. He's lost a lot of weight. Like he looks really good. So I'm like, like the Lakers though. Yeah. Like, but like, I don't know. This was the, you like he's shirtless. You can see that he's clearly like, he has no extra like baggage on him. Like he looks very like fit. We like, should watch. We should watch that together and just do like a live reaction. Yeah. I would. Be I think that would be cool. Yeah, cool. that would be tight. Yeah, I think so, that'd be really yeah. dope. Just something my notice. I was like, Cousins looks good, man. He he looks like, and I mean, you have to with the injury he has. You got to lose weight to like mm-hmm. still be able to function. Yeah, yeah. The thing that I will say that might be interesting is that even with a, like even if James Harden were to not play, like. Uh, Christian Wood is like a really, really poor man's Anthony Davis in some ways. And so you can have a really poor man's version of the boogie uh, brow combination that they had in like with the Pelicans a couple years ago. That could be cool. Like the inside out combo. Like, that I don't know. Cool. I, I'm, I'm excited for the Rockets this year. Like regardless of what happens, they're going to, I'm going to have fun. Like, yeah. <laughs> Especially if John Wall is healthy, like that'll be fun to watch. And Boogie, for that matter. They both yeah. got to yeah. be playing games. For sure. Yeah. Well, I guess the question is, is like, how – do you all think that John Wall is going to be halfway decent? Like, I, because I, I'm not sure. Like, His practice I'm out was- until I see it. Huh? I think he'll be above average. He's. I don't think he's going to be what he used to be. Like, no. pre-injury, John Wall was, like, dope. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to be that. But I think he'll still be like above average and like fun to watch. I mean, him if he and Demarcus are both eighty percent, he's still pretty damn good, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like a. I I don't know. I'm hoping for the best, but it's mostly for my best. I want to have fun watching the Rockets. I don't care if they're. Yeah. yeah. That that's it. I'm happy with the reunited. Yeah. Samesies. <clears throat> All right. Let's kind of start moving into Kings basketball. Let's let's start getting into that. First off, let's talk about um, our good boy, Budrick. Buddy Heald. Uh, <laughs> he got his interview with the media earlier this week. And he finally, like, did a good job with the media. He finally, like, said the right things. And like kind of quit this whole all these shenanigans he was doing earlier this year and last year for that matter um he talked about how i mean they were asking him all kinds of stuff about how he feels with the team and luke walton and kind of stuff like that and he was basically just saying like i'm cool i don't have any problems with any of them we're all good like i'm excited for this year like he finally said all of the right things i don't know how much to believe that but i mean I don't, I don't think you believe any of it. I think it's all just PR. I'm sure ownership and McNair are just like, dude, you got to shut up. We're, if you want to get traded, you got to shut up. <laughs> like, yeah. You're trying to boost your value. You can't be pulling this off-court bullshit. That's just going to make people not like you. But I'm, I'm yeah. sure Buddy is still pissed at, at Coach Walton for benching him and everything. I think there's still bad blood. 
I think maybe they've talked and maybe kind of sorted some things out, but I don't think he's like, no, it was all just like sunshine and rainbows. Like it was never bad. I don't buy that. I would love to buy it. I'd love to see more Fox and Buddy healed. I just, I just think about that one stretch of 2018, 2019, when the Kings were good, mm. you know, we had, we had one season. It was fun. <laughs> we had one 39 win. Was it 40? Win season? Yeah. 39 win season. There you yeah. go. Couldn't make it to 40. It should have been 40, yes. but Dave Yeager pulled all of the starters out after the second half. And so we lost and the game. We, so we got to do a revisionist history episode on that game on just like how we as fans just fell apart. Cause we were up by like 40 something. It was ridiculous. And then we just saw Scal the BCR, <laughs> like who was traded away from us earlier that year, just roast us continually doing the same shit. He ever, he always did doing the same freaking, just like, like tunnel vision. Yeah. Like I'm going to drive right and then pull up with the short jumper type of thing. And then it's just a splash every time. Anyways, I'm, um, I'm happy about it. healed here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got to think that like at this point, buddy understands and I'm sure I have to think that McNair, I mean, McNair in his interviews and stuff has, has really talked a lot about buddy being important. And I mean, coming from the Rockets organization, I could see why he would be down with buddy all the threes and everything like that. Um, but I got to think he understands like, Hey, if I want to go to a team, that's like a contender, I need to just shut up and just do my job and like get, make sure that I am actually perceived as like a valuable asset at the trade deadline. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be perceived that the Kings want to keep buddy healed. So we have leverage because if we just say, yeah, we don't care about him, then teams will just lowball ball trade offers for buddy healed. So it's got to be the buddy wants to stay that we want to keep buddy and that way it just seems like, no, like he's a great asset to us. So if you want him, you got to give us something good or else. Yeah. It's just gonna... Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially when like you read that, like the trade market was like completely dry for him. Yeah. That type of thing. So I guess like, I would assume that he's starting, right? Like he's in the oh, starting yeah. lineup playing 35 minutes a game. He has to, that would, that would not look good for him to be not starting making 25 mil or something like that. And I'm Again. sure he would, he might, yeah, like, yeah. I just, yeah, just let him start, do his thing, let him, and also, I was listening to a King's podcast today, they interviewed a bunch, a couple of the guys, and it was Rashawn Holmes, I think, who they interviewed, and he, like, kept talking about how much faster the pace is in practice right now. He's like, that has been the emphasis of these practices, is, like, super fast pace, like, and that's been the talk is like Alvin Gentry is going to come in and like make it a fast offense again. Thank goodness. Like these dude. interviews are saying that that is exactly what's happening. They've been just doing conditioning and like had like crazy fast pace. So I got to think yeah. that we're going to see those, that kind of Kings play that we saw like two years ago, which is only going to benefit buddy doing all of his transition threes and running around and just getting open looks all the time. So I think his value is going to go up quite a bit. We're going to like Buddy Heald again. It's not going to be Buddy being this combo guard, letting him try to, like, create the offense. No, he's going to end the offense. He's going to take two yeah. max, pull up, and shoot. Yeah, I think I think it'll be really beneficial to be playing, for him to be playing at some point next to, like, Tyree Talbert on the second. 
like oh yeah second string or something like that to have like another playmaker who can do stuff no offense to Corey joseph but like a, a guy who's like a threat to do things you know what do you mean Corey joseph he can like uh he had an off year we'll, we'll, we'll chalk it up to that because he, was he a got better, better as the year went on he, did. Yeah, he started yeah, making his shots and like wasn't as yeah. like painful to watch i think bottom yeah. line is buddy healed is the worst ball handling guard on the team so like he just shouldn't be handling the ball at all like Halliburton, fox and joseph all are better than him so there shouldn't be a reason for him to bring the ball up in my mind yeah okay. yeah unless it's to start some sort of motion sequence or something like that right so, yeah yeah okay so who's who's starting alongside buddy um i think it's going to be fox buddy well it depends on bagley's status right now because i believe they've said he's he's cleared and good to go and i think if that's the case i think we'll see to start off i think we're going to see fox buddy um barnes bagley holmes as your starting five would you do you want that starting five I, I mean, think- I could also see Bielitsa being the four and just Bagley being the five and then Holmes coming off the bench. I think that might be a more likely and better suit. So I could see that also being the case. Is there an argument to not start Bagley yet and just limit his minutes 20 to 25 a game and just say, hey, you just you just got to play. Like, we don't want to overextend you. Just prove to us you can play through the all-star break and then we'll talk about starting or i don't know something like that i think it just depends on how he looks at training camp yeah i think i think he's got to earn it in training camp um i think there's also an argument to be made that he hasn't played in a long time he's been playing pretty inconsistently due to the injuries so all right back you got you got and you're getting reps right now against second units and you're building up your confidence. And once you build up your confidence and you earn it, you can be in that like starting spot. I think, I think that could I be kinda a good like spot too, especially when you consider that. That's been yeah. Too. yeah. So I think Bielita, especially next to Rashawn Holmes or Hassan Whiteside is, is probably a good idea. Yeah, let's, let's maybe oh. not have Whiteside starting. I'm cool with him. Like I'm cool with him coming off the bench and helping out. But uh, I, I think I'd much rather have like a B elites a Holmes combo because they actually worked super yeah. well off like yeah. a pick and roll together last year, which was Holmes is so much better than Whiteside right now. It's not even close. Yeah, there's there's a lot of energy there. Whiteside put up numbers though. I mean, like I wasn't surp- like I was. I mean, I knew he put up numbers, but I was just like, huh? I said so did Rudy Gay, but we never won games. Like. Yeah, Whiteside's kind of been notorious for like empty numbers. I feel like that's yeah. kind of been like his career outside of like the one first really good year in Miami. Like, yeah, I feel like outside of that, like he's always just kind of been known for empty numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. I think I think there's an argument to be made to start Whiteside, and I think part of it is just like size. I think that's the argument because he's just so much bigger than Holmes. That's fair. Um, he gets boards. and. Yeah, he gets boards. He's a vertical like shot blocker, vertical spacer, even more so than like Holmes. Arguably, um, he overcomes a deficiency in athleticism with just length. You know, um, and maybe that was like the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. If you sign like a minimum 
veteran's contract here, like you'll get starting minutes at least initially. But can know. he run with Fox and Heald? Could Kufus run with Fox and Heald? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good point. I forgot about man. Shout out Costa Kufus. He's playing in he's, Russia. Is that where you? Oh, that's right. He signed like yeah, a. He got the. He secured a freaking bag in Russia. I hope man, he still got his GTR, man. His Nissan GTR. You guys oh see that video? God. Yeah, I think I do remember that. He's just talking about his car. Like, what a guy. <laughs> he loved his car. Yeah. He seems super dope. I want to be friends with him. I'd love yeah. to be friends with him. You can't he not. I wish like him the best. Yeah. Yeah. That's freaking funny. Costa Kufis. Oh, he classic. Four years with the Kings. The real Four. ones know. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right. Here's oh, one, no, one last thing on the starting, yeah. starting lineups. Um, at what point do we consider Harrison Barnes the starting four and you start someone like uh, Robinson at the three? Right? I like, think I, I could see that happening pretty quickly. Is honestly. he the second rounder we drafted? No. No, Glenn Robinson the third. That's, oh, Glenn Robinson. Yeah. yeah. Rob Woodard is the yeah. second rounder who I am very excited about. I'll talk about him a little later, but yeah, um, I'm pretty hyped on him. How tall yeah. is Glenn? Is he? I th- is he he's six, he's six eight. eight. Yeah, he's six, six eight. I think. Then you put six, back eight. <clears throat> He's six eight, super athletic, shooter. decent shooter, like respectable enough to be to be spacing the floor. Decent, decent role player is what he is. Like yeah. with exceptional athleticism. Like so. Yeah, yeah. I could definitely cool. see them. I think if like if if Bagley really kind of starts to progress and get things going. I could see them moving Barnes to the four and having that be their five. I think that's probably going to be an exceptionally well, like the most well-balanced lineup for like scoring without compromising like too much on defense. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, we all know that the Kings aren't going to be great defenders this year, but yeah, you're good. They can still be solid. Yeah. Yeah, I dig that. Um, all right, let's get into Tyler's trades. Let's see what you got for us. So this is all centered on... Uh, wait. Trying to share my screen. Shoot, I don't know if it's going to work. My first time trying to share it. I don't know. I'm just gonna talk about it. It's not on the thing. Yeah. Um, so we were we were talking about James Harden trades because that's kind of the big talk right now. And I thought of a few that make some sense. Uh, there's some big teams, big t- big name teams out there that want to trade for him, like the Celtics and the Sixers and some other ones. I think some others. So let me just trades here can you still see me hmm? can you guys still see me yeah okay cool um so i looked at a few here and i have seven should i just do my like top three or four yeah yeah, yeah. limited yeah that was pretty so just for reference i tried the celtics it didn't make much sense the rockets didn't or the bucks didn't make a lot of sense the sixers are like kind of meh honestly because they're not going to trade Simmons or Embiid, so I kind of just figured I just don't think it's going to happen. 
but I have four that I think make some sense. Uh, the first one have the Nuggets. And uh, if you're the Nuggets, you just went to the Western Conference Finals and you're, you're in win now mode. You got Maul Murray and Jokic on contract for the next couple of years. You got to win before they bolt. Maybe you go big and get James Harden. Uh, I mean, it really depends on what is the, what the value of Michael Porter Jr. is. That's kind of um, the main point of this trade. How do the Nuggets view him? How does the, how do the Rockets view him? They see the next like superstar. But the trade would be Gary Harris as filler, Michael Porter Jr., and then like three first-round picks. What do you guys think about that? I'd do that. Who? For both sides? Yeah. I think so. I'd do it for, if I were the Nuggets, I would do that in a heartbeat. Like, I, if I'm the Nuggets, I'm not eyeing James Harden. But I would – like, if, if it was Michael Porter – and Gary Harris, I would do that for sure. Yeah. Like, no, no question. Like, I, I feel like that's something that would work out for both sides, honestly, because it's like, that's what you want. You want to get a young, like a good young player and then multiple assets. And it's just like, I don't see too many other teams who could give you something better than that outside of like the Sixers or like OKC. Like, I don't oh. see anyone else who could offer a better package than that. Like, yeah, I mean, I, Gary Harris is still only like 25, 26. He's not yeah. that old. He's been kind of meh since he got his new contract, but he's he's got two years left, so he can like help you be respectable. But Michael Porter Jr. Could potentially be the next superstar, and if he isn't, you have three first round picks as like insurance, basically. Kind of my thinking. Then the Nuggets roll out a lineup that is just ridiculous: uh, Jamal Murray, James Harden, Will Barton, Jamal Green, and Nikola Jokic. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Like insane. It's a good lineup. Oh, it's a great. That's a lineup. great lineup. I let me finish my thought here. With with James Harden in the mix, you're no longer the team that's just getting by the skin of your teeth in the in the playoffs, going down. Oh, like what was it, one to three twice, and losing in the Western Conference Finals? Like that's not going to happen anymore. Like you're going to the finals. He's the guy that's going to push you over, and you're not going to worry about anybody else. Maybe the Lakers, but. It's not a, it's not as hard as it would have been. So I have I have two two immediate thoughts there. One, I kind of feel like I I mean like I think Michael Porter's cool, but I'm not I don't know. I'm not sold on him, not necessarily on a talent perspective, but on longevity. I'm not sure how long he can keep all of this going. Like and if you can build around the idea that always behind like in the back of your head like he can have an injury or is he can have a flare-up from his past like i i don't know i that's something that i worry about a little bit and then number go ahead it was just high risk high reward that's the yeah you think about this trade for sure yeah so that's why they have to throw in bull bull as well who's been killing it i should mention cool okay yeah because he's only two million bucks yeah that's yeah. Great. All right. I like that. Do you take out a first round pick or do you keep the three picks? Maybe you add more protections to those firsts or something. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't really get into all that, but yeah. That's yeah. I think that's so pretty... here's, here's. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, go. I'll, I can say. I, I was just going to say, I think that's a pretty solid, like each way. I think that's pretty solid. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think, yeah, if you throw in bull bull, that's, that's kind of cool. 
And then they also have uh, what's his face? Well, who's that guard they just drafted? Who's well, in New Zealand with the Breakers? You can't trade those guys yet. R.J. Hampton. R.J. Hampton. Oh, that's yeah. Right. You have to wait like ninety days, right? Yeah. So we're talking. If a trade happened now, you couldn't trade anybody who just got drafted. So yeah. That was yeah. gonna include him, but it didn't let me. So. Yeah. So here's here's the other thought is that that whole team that offense like largely throughout the season revolved around Nikola Jokic just like working from the elbow out of the high post and everyone just cutting and just like moving around him and there's so much motion there and that's the antithesis of what James Harden's been doing for the last like six seasons right like that's super different and I like I think James Harden will be really good but they're gonna have to play up that um that like iso ball stuff because James Harden is so good at that and then at what point like how much does Nikola Jokic have to sacrifice there because if you do that he's just going to be in the corner right I think that's something you really have to consider for sure yeah how much do you want to take the ball out of Jokic's hands with Harden there uh maybe Coach Malone has to make Harden buy into a whole different kind of offense and they just kind of rework his offense yeah which I think he could. I yeah. think he'd be a coach who could definitely pull that off. If he can get Boogie to like him, he can get Harden to like him. So I think <laughs> I think he'd be a good match. Um, any other thoughts on this one? I no. I just I think that's a pretty solid trade both ways. Honestly, cool. that's I think that's better than anything I've seen or heard of. Thanks. I think the bull bull inclusion was good too. Yeah. Good job, team. Okay, uh, this next trade kind of goes in an entirely different direction. And I think this only happens if the Rockets or if DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall are like perfectly healthy or as healthy as they can be. And they're just, they're balling out. Like they're looking good. And the Rockets are like, Hey, we definitely don't want to tank because we have two guys that are playing near all-star level. So we want to get some more guys to really push and make this happen. So the trade is, the Rockets send James Harden and Ben McLemore for matching purposes to the Clippers for Paul George and Lou Williams. Ooh. Hmm. Interesting, right? So the Rockets run a lineup of this is pretty damn good, honestly. John Wall, Eric Gordon, Paul George, Christian Wood, Demarcus Cousins with Lou Williams off the bench. I mean, that's if if John Wall and Demarcus Cousins are playing really good. You put Paul George on that team. I mean, they they got some serious offense. I don't know how great the defense will be, but for the sake of fun, I it would, would do be it. fun. Yeah, it would be fun. And then look, it would be this so team. fun. James Harden gets reunited with Patrick Beverly, plays alongside Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris, and Serge Ibaka. Yikes. <laughs> I still think they'd end up being kind of a shit show team, but that would still be kind of cool. They still don't have yeah, like yeah. a guy who's going to go in and like be like, yo guys, we like be the vocal leader. You know what I'm saying? Like, like James Marcus Harden ain't Morris. that, but they would still, that would be interesting. Well, I mean, you yeah, Beverly, Marcus Morris, they're vocal guys. I don't know if they're the guys you want to be vocal, but the, like, the, the problem is they're not like top three or four players. Like, no. You need like your vocal leaders to be some of your best players or else no one's, everyone's gonna be like, man, shut the hell up. Like get out of my face kind of thing. Like, yeah. 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 I feel that. I think, I think you're 
like one of your three or more of your best players has to be a culture leader. Yeah. Like they have to set the tone. They have to show people how it's done and it can't just be leading by example. Like clearly James Harden is not doing right now anyways. So, (laughs) I mean, that's why I just don't see the Clippers winning this year either. Like I just don't see them getting to the championship for that reason. I just, they don't have that structure, that, that leader and that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. So, but yeah, so even if they got hardened, like it still wouldn't really change a whole lot, except maybe offensively they're a little bit better, but defensively they're a little bit worse. Well, they so, got Ty Lue this year too. Maybe that changes. It's not Doc. That know. helps. A lot of a lot of people are saying from that like um, that book on the 2016 Cavs championship that Ty Lue in many ways is the leader of that. Um, of that whole team. And it wasn't just LeBron. It was LeBron, but it was also Ty Lue. Ty Lue was like an outsized influence on that team, yeah, more so than a typical coach. So I've heard he's he's pretty good at like calling out players, but like in a respectable way, being like calling them out for, on their bullshit and like that kind of thing. So I could yeah. see that. All right. Nate, Nate, would you guys do this trade if you're the Rockets or the Clippers? Or both? Well, I actually might. Well, I mean, Paul George is on an expiring contract, isn't he? No, he's got two years. Oh, he's got two years. Yeah. Or he has he's got a he's he's an got option a or something. Option. Yeah, he's, he's got, got a option. player option after this year. Yeah. I do it if I'm the Clippers. Yeah, you get better for the Clippers, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah Clippers, I definitely do it. Rockets, it's a maybe. Yeah, I mean, it really depends on Boogie and John Wall if you want to win now, obviously. So yeah, that that's a big if on that. Like they have to be like very close to like prime boogie and John wall for me to be like, that's a trade deadline. Yeah. Right there. Not a, not a preseason big time. All right, cool. Trade number three. All right. So this trade is more of a, we just want like as much flexibility and assets as possible. Um, with those assets being able to create further assets potentially at the trade deadline or next summer. So the trade is the Rockets send James Harden to the Nets, which everybody's been talking about, for Dinwiddie, Levert, Torian Prince, four first-round picks, and an additional 2021 second-round pick. Uh, With this trade, obviously, you get a ton of picks. Um, You get guys that are on pretty – medium-sized contracts. Dinwiddie's got two years, 11 million. Levert, three years, 16. Prince, 12 million for two more years. So those are very tradable contracts. All these guys are good role players. They can help a team, but you could probably get a first-round pick for at the deadline um, if you're trying to unload these guys. Uh, It also breaks up Harden's contract, so you can create cap space more easily that way. Um, This is definitely a tank move. You're not looking to keep any of these guys. You're trying to flip them. So that's kind of like, eh, we just want to rebuild for the future kind of a move. But thoughts on this one? I think you, I think if you're the Nets and the Rockets, you have to get another team involved there. Because I – because, like, Levert and Dinwiddie are already in their primes. Like, you want someone that will grow if you're going to rebuild, right? If you're going to tank, you want, like, an asset. And I don't think that – 
Dinwiddie and Levert are going to like be much more tradable or much more valuable than they are now. Maybe they'll improve, but I don't think they're going to be much more valuable than they are now. So you like think I said, you flip them at the deadline for a bad contract and a pick. I think you could. I would see if I can get like a like a team in the West or even the East hell that's like desperate to get in the playoffs, like a Pelicans team or something like that. Yeah, like or a player a, from them. Or or like a Grizzlies type thing. No, um, they don't have Jared Jackson Jr. this year. They're I think they're tanking this season. Yeah. I don't know. That's just a that's just a thought. Or hell, even like you can look at the um, Orlando Magic, and maybe Cole Anthony's awesome this year. Who knows? Like, I could. I mean, that'd be kind of cool. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's a tough one with the Nets, but that was my thinking with it. So, would you guys? I'm guessing you wouldn't do this trade if you're the Rockets, then. I'd I'd be open to it because I mean you're still getting four first round picks off it. That's that's, I mean, that's decent. So like it depends on the picks, but like, I'd be open to it. Alvin. Um. Yeah, I would do it. I would do it. Why not? Yeah, but it's you're getting value back. I guess. Yeah, that's fair. Last trade. I think it's a pretty good one. It's interesting, at least. I don't know if you could do much better than this one, actually. I like it a lot. All right. The Rockets and James Harden and Daniel House Jr. for matching purposes to the Raptors for Kyle Lowry, Norman Powell, OG Ananobi, and oh, I don't know how many first-round picks, three or four first-round picks. Kyle Lowry is an expiring contract, $30 million years this year, or $30 million this year. Norman Powell has two years, $11 million a year. He has a player option next year. And OG is, he needs to be re-signed for next year. So the Rockets get an up-and-coming, really good young player in OG Ananobi and four first-round picks, as well as just like a crap ton of cap space with Kyle Lowry coming off. And the Raptors basically do another Kawhi Leonard trade where they just swing for the fences and put James Harden with uh, Pascal Siakam and who did they just resign? Uh, Fred Van Vliet. That's kind of like your core three, and then you get just guys around those ones. So thoughts on this one? I, I like it for fun, for fun purposes. But yeah. here's the thing is, like, when the, the Raptors traded for Kawhi a couple years back, they're already, like, a fringe title contender, as it was, right? Like, and they just needed Kawhi to, like, put him over the top. And I'm not sure that trading OG and Kyle Lowry and getting Harden back makes them, like, bounce to the top, right? I think they lose out on a lot. They lose out on a culture setter again, like in, in Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I don't think you contend as much this year just because you don't have any depth. It would be probably for next year when you can get more guys around those big three. Yeah. yeah. That, and that was something I thought of. I was thinking this is a better trade for the Rockets for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's another one where you got to get a third team involved to move Kyle Lowry somewhere. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Cool. Yeah, I dig that. All right, let's kind of finish up today. Hold on. Hold on. Huh? Which which of the four did you guys like the best? What's the vote? I think the Nuggets one was the best, honestly. Yeah, I think the Nuggets one is like the spiciest. I like that one the most. Um, yeah. I think a lot of teams who are going to try and trade for James Harden are probably going to have to try and go after Michael Porter at some point or some sort of, they have to trade for a young asset to in preparation for a James Harden trade. But that's, that's my thought. Yeah, totally. Cool. Yeah, thank I agree. Thank you guys for listening to my trades. Thank you, thank you. Good trades, good trades. Woo-hoo. All right, we are going to finish up this podcast episode by throwing out some hot takes. I've got a couple. I don't know if you guys have any that you want to share. Go for it. Go ahead, Nick. Okay, so I've got two. I've got a Kings-related one, and then I've got just like an NBA in general related one so i'm gonna go kings first so i am very high on uh robert woodard i think he's gonna be super dope i think he's gonna become like a like a pj tucker type guy for us honestly like that's the guy i look at i'm like i could see him doing that i've been hearing a lot of stuff like that he's just a beast like he's got that kind of dog mentality He's already got like a huge ass NBA body. Apparently today during training camp, he beat everybody in the bench press competition. Like he's just hella strong. Um, And he's got, he's like in his interviews, like he's already like, yo, I already know exactly like who I am as a player. I know what my role is. Like I'm totally realistic about that. I'm ready to go in and play defense and like make some threes and like get shit done. And I just kind of dig him. I think he's going to be cool. And so I think Robert Woodard is going to make the all like the rookie all-star team this year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying yeah. he's a starter, but I think he's going to be on that team. I think he's going to be dope. Honestly. Dang. I think you buy the... huh? him and Halliburton are both going to make it. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. We're going to have the intangible rookie all-stars. I, yeah, I completely yeah. agree with that, honestly. I like it. Yeah. Like culture setting, intelligence, like just craft. Yeah. It's those guys. Yeah. Absolutely. So, do you buy his jumper? Um. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I don't know. I have, I have my doubts about that. Um, I don't know. Like I maybe I've been burned by like Justin Jackson, right? Who like improved his jumper like year after year, and then he came in to the NBA and like is the king of like, oh my gosh, the jumper looks like it's going in, and then it like rims out. That was mad, right? You know? Yeah, I just don't want to. I just don't want to get burned again. You know? Yeah, I can agree with that. You're a Kings fan. You will get burned again. I promise you. <laughs> it's gonna happen. I don't know. If I, could I just pin that comment to the top. I would like you're gonna get burned again if you're a Kings fan. Yeah. I don't know. I just kind of I get that vibe with him that he is like he's just a beast. Like there was a interview with um, 
our good guy, uh, Jerry, with Jerry Reynolds. Jerry Reynolds, yeah. And they were they were asking about like our draft picks, and he was talking about him, and he was he he in his words he said he is he's a shitbird among um, songbirds in our locker room because like all of our guys are super nice guys, they're nice. And he's going to go in and be that like freaking dog that just like gets after it and like gets in people's faces and like all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, I love that. Like I've, I've got a serious soft spot, soft spot for guys like that. And I think that could translate to his jumper where he's just like, fuck it. I'm just going to like, I'll do this. I'll get it done. So I like Woodard. I think he's going to be a, a very underrated pick, honestly. He'll be a, he'll be a good vet. I think. Oh yeah. He'll totally. be a great vet regardless of how good he is, whether he's a starter or a, like role player. Yeah, I'm not saying player. he's going to be a like a big a starter or like a big time guy, which if he is cool, but like I think he's going to be a very like underrated draft pick. I think he's going to be a really good player. Yeah. Um yeah. So that's my Kings related hot take. My NBA hot take is that the Wizards are going to take the 8th seed and Atlanta doesn't make the playoffs. Oh, that's so. I'm throwing it out there. I'm just going for it. Poor they have two All-Stars. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep. I mean they've got shooters. They've yeah, got like Rui Hachimura. Yeah, they got Robin Lopez. They got Thomas Bryant. Like they got Bertans. Like they got shooters around Kings Westbrook Killer. and um, Beal's a shooter too. Though. Beal, yeah, like Westbrook yeah. does the shooters. I mean Hachimura is like meh to bad. But... I think that Robin Lopez pickup for the Wizards gonna be really good i think so too that was kind of one of my big decisions. that's gonna factors. be he's gonna like maybe not start but he might be closing for those teams like yeah and that's the kind of guy that you need to put it together with troy brown and davis bertons and yeah that's gonna be good yeah yeah so, i buy it i buy it i'm i'm holding on to it i, I have some like gloves on my fingies. fingers i'm sorry fingies well, fingies. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that I did that. Who was all uh, right? The Wizards had the Polish hammer. What was his name? Oh, Gortat. Marcin Gortat. Yeah. Be on Twitter. Oh, Gortat was no. like, "Don't worry, guys." Westbrook asked me if he could use my number four, and I said, "It's okay." And then Bradley Bill <laughs> tweeted, "Bro, chill." <laughs> Just like. <laughs> oh man, Gorta, what a guy! Uh, yeah, him. yeah, he should be on a team, just like in a Udonis Haslam capacity. Just kick him yeah. back and collect him. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of, just really quick, um, I'm gonna pour one out really quick for JJ Berea. This is. I'm not going to pour out my lychee drink because I love this drink, I should mention. But I don't know, Nick, did you hear about this? Mm-hmm. I so they signed him, so him to a one-year $2.6 million contract, Mark Cuban did. Um, but he signed him knowing that he was probably going to – that they were going to have to cut JJ to start the season because um, they had better players. So they did it as like a goodwill thing. Like, hey, sorry, you can't be on the roster, but – Here's two point six million. Like, not bad. Good luck to see bonus. Yeah. For like ten plus years, right? I mean, 
he was a big part of their championship. Like he was a beast. Like I loved watching him play. He was fun to watch. And he was cool. Yeah. yeah, for sure. The Western Conference Finals when the Mavs beat the Lakers. And JJ Barea went up like do a layup at the very end of the game. And oh, who was this that the Lakers? Andrew Bynum laid him out. Boom! <laughs> laid him out, man. Solid as hell, just like like five ten. Like how tall is he? He's like not big. Five he's ten, under six yeah, foot for sure. Yeah, like if two fifty, like <laughs> if like ninety percent of the world were to bet between Andrew Bynum and JJ Barea, who would be in the league in twenty twenty? Everyone, everyone would have lost money. Oh man, guaranteed. It would have been no. against. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Bynum's career, man. Oh, Jeez yeah. Louise. Yeah. The fool disappeared. I've never seen a player disappear the way he did. Like as soon as he left the Lakers, like he just done. I don't like. I don't think I ever saw him play again. I just saw him on the Sixers bench with his weird ass like mushroom haircut Bro, that yeah. he got, like looking hella weird. And I don't even think I ever saw him play again. He's listening Cleveland. too much to Pyramids by Frank Ocean. <laughs> Yeah. oh shit yeah. Uh, so yeah those are my hot takes do you guys have any hot takes you want to share before we close today I do not honestly I was more on the trades this time around but uh, Alvin you got anything yeah uh, this one's going to be maybe so hot that like y'all can't even respond and we'll just cut this podcast early because we probably ought to anyways I'm nervous you ready for this and this heat is coming from the great north, you know, because the Timberwolves are about to make the playoffs, dude. Bro. <laughs> Bro, they're like, making the playoffs. Ricky ow. Rubio, we keep talking about culture setting. Ricky Rubio is the guy. Hold on a second. They wouldn't have won. The Suns wouldn't have won this past year eight games in a row without Ricky Rubio. Fact. The the Jazz got really good. They had Ricky Rubio beside Donovan Mitchell. They made the playoffs, bro. Like, you can't put all that on Donovan Mitchell. You can't put all that on Rudy Gobert. That's a Ricky Rubio thing. That's Ricky Rubio. What team is not – okay, the Houston Rockets are yeah, probably going to be – let me tell you. You're, you're telling me the Phoenix Suns are not going to make that spot and the Timberwolves are? Devin the Minnesota Timberwolves are making the <laughs> Suns, New Orleans Pelicans, and Memphis like, or the freaking Golden State Warriors. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is this is going to be the most like chaotic season in the NBA that we've ever seen because of COVID. And also, like, I won't talk. I don't want to like diss the Warriors, whatever. Like the four games that Curry played this past year, the Sun, the Warriors were trashed. I don't need to – I'm not going to go into that. That could be a whole other thing, but – Yeah, I don't think they're going to be very good, especially without – I don't know. But I, I still think they're they going to the playoffs. Wow. I think you – They're going to the playoffs. Your boy, Ricky Rubio, and you know damn well that the, the, the Wolves yeah, you're, are not – You're, you're blinded by your love for Ricky Rubio yeah. right now. You got some rose-colored <laughs> glasses on there, my friend. <laughs> I'm sorry, but no, I, 
I got a lot of things going on, but I I do know that Ricky Rubio is the truth. And that's it. That's all there is to it. So. Oh man. Oh man. That is a great way to end this podcast. The hottest of hot takes right there. You heard it first here, guys. <laughs> Timberwolves are making the playoffs. You hear that, Henry, if you're listening? <laughs> this is a great, great segue to put Henry on here. And I'll just oh, I would love Maybe to he won't even believe. That would be hilarious. Maybe I need to explain. Maybe I'll have to explain to Henry why the Timberwolves are making the playoffs. He That's he fine. will be so, probably he won't have words like he'll probably no. just like <laughs> he'll just. <laughs> oh man! Uh, we'll get him. We'll have to get him on, and you, we'll have to have you share that with him. We'll see how that goes. All right, or you can even just run it back. Just like just bring him on. He won't know that I said that, and then one of us is just like. Hey Henry, we're gonna show you this clip really quick, and it's just me <laughs> saying that. That's that should idea. be what it is. Yeah. All right. That's a good idea. We'll do that. Oh man. All right. Well, then we are gonna close this podcast episode on that hot take. Thank you guys so much. Feel free to subscribe if you are watching this. If you followed us all the way through this, thanks guys. Stay sweet. Yeah. Thanks. thanks. Love it. Take it easy.